Hello and welcome back to the third place. We have left the fabulous world of Dead or Alive, and now we're in the globe-trotting adventures of Uncharted tonight. And I am excited to welcome back one of my favorite people from season one. It is Jocko Homo. How are you doing tonight? Hey, fella. I'm doing good. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> oh, I'm doing well, thank you. It's lovely to have you back. Uh, when we talked about Journey back in season one, that was honestly that was a one of my. I mean, granted, all my episodes are my favorite, but <laughs> the, the episode we did on Journey was such a special one. You know getting to talk about that unique little game uh, was something that I've always wanted to do. And I'm glad I had you to join me on that one. So I'm glad to have you back for another great PS3 uh, collection of games. So welcome yeah. back. Thank you. That journey episode was my uh, cherry popping. You could say <laughs> podcast. my first podcast, your, um, your first proper, like sit down one. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Proper, I, not to discredit poor, <laughs> Al, poor Alec who's had me. <laughs> but Alec, on... Alec gets the technical cherry popping, but you know, I technical. Get... But you know what? He hasn't had me on a sit down episode. So <laughs> when is he gonna tell tell me he wants to talk about me or talk yeah. to me about something? So yeah, Alec, no. Um, Alec, that was... if you're listening. <laughs> get Jonko <laughs> to sit down. <laughs> i'm gonna harass him about it <laughs> um but yeah no that was really special and um that was really fun to play uh as as i may have mentioned last time i don't really play that many video games anymore um, uh -huh. and your show has been like such a delight <laughs> uh to discover games that i didn't even know about like twisted metal black or like mirror's edge <laughs> and all these i didn't know about any of these games so um <sighs> Aww. I uh, I really have uh, enjoyed it, and playing Journey and now playing these games has been so fun. It's just like uh, the be best part of my week. I'm like, oh, sit down and get into <laughs> the world of Drake and Sully. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I mean, I I love doing that for people because I know games are a time investment. There, some games especially. So I, I'm glad that I can let people sort of vicariously get to know what I'm talking about when I'm uh going off on a bizarro tangent online about something that i'm obsessed about for the moment so yeah. I'm, I'm glad i can be that for you and hopefully other people as well <laughs> um but since you are a returning guest uh we talked earlier off air about stuff you played and since you're a returning guest i ask if you played anything and we were talking about far cry 3 uh off air so i don't know if you wanted to share your opinions on far cry 3 it's a game i like yeah i mean it's a game that i played in high school um mm -hmm. and it was it's one of those games that is very like just relaxing for me because it's an open world you can kind of just like go around and as i mentioned to you i like the part where you uh i like the 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 part of the game where you just like go hunting for animals <laughs> and do shit like random shit like that like it's fun for me oh yeah um so i uh john who has been a guest on your podcast um mm -hmm. tele telepathy party um yep He's... he was uh, at my old place a few months ago and uh 
we started it and then that's kind of just got me into it because I had like my <laughs> PlayStation 3 there and I was like let's just play Far Cry so um, I love yeah Far Cry 3 is the it I remember when that came out well I remember the press cycle for that and all the sort of hype and about it I remember how it became like a surprise favorite for everyone back i think it was 2012 when it came out i could be wrong though Mm -hmm. but i remember like you said it was very therapeutic uh just kind of doing whatever you want on this like random island in the ocean and as uh the decade has gone by i realized that game could not be done again um for various reasons, mostly because of your the in the game you have your beautiful collection of young people. You're like <laughs> all white cast, like that would yeah. never happen again. Uh, so it's a quaint like game of yesteryear, much like how Uncharted is a very much a product of yesteryear, where a lot of Uncharted as like uh, not as like offensive or anything. It's just like the stuff that you would see in this game it just won't happen again it's kind of sad but whenever i get to boot it up i'm happy you know what i mean yeah i mean no it's it is similar like in terms of race like the main character is like this handsome white guy <laughs> yes. and his love interest or one of them is a blonde oh yeah white the... chick and the other one's like a <laughs> another hot white chick so <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, f- I think the main character's name was Jason or something. I can't remember. Yeah, like you're right. Actually, I think it was because I hear I hear it in the voice of Jason, like the <laughs> that, uh, the bad guys. Mm-hmm. Va, Va, yeah, Voss is a highlight of that game. Like Voss, <laughs> the, the this is like a weird thing that games have where it's like because game actors usually are like not film actor tier; they're usually like TV actor or below. Yeah. So like when a game actor gets like the role of their lifetime, they they become that for like years. Yeah. And that guy who played Voss, like for one, he looks like him kinda. So like he oh, would really? just he would they would just like dress him up as Voss and just do commercials with him. Like <laughs> so I like that about Far Cry. Like it's a it's a very I don't know if it would be nostalgic exactly, but I guess for me and you, since we're like the same age, I guess it is a little nostalgic playing that game, just of like when we were in high school. Like, you yeah, just ten years ago, when I, which, over ten years ago, when I was playing it. I think, so. yeah, it that I always like PS3 is like oh, that's my high school console. Like high, same. like that's where a lot of my like sleepless nights would be with my friends growing up. We would just get on a game like usually it was like one with multiplayer and we would we would have our cheap little sony earpiece headsets because that was yeah. what it was back in the day and we would just be in a game from like eight you know eight or nine and then we would be in it to like two or three in the morning yeah <laughs> like that i always have such very very fond memories of that time um but to switch things up uh you i feel like since you didn't get a chance to play too many games i want is there any games that 
you are curious about that I have played recently? There's been a lot since se- between the seasons. There's been a lot that has come out that, you know, I don't get the chance to do a full episode on. So if you have any questions, shoot ahead. Well, yeah, I was going to ask you because I, I, like I said, I've only played Far Cry 3 and a little bit of Tears of the Kingdom. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then these three games, obviously, I replayed. But mm-hmm. uh, what have you played in the, <laughs> what has it been, like five, six months since I was here that um, have been a highlight? <laughs> uh, well, I have Resident Evil 4 Remake, which came out in April. Uh, I've already I did an episode on that. I still stand by everything I said in that in that episode with uh, Sterling. Uh, Final Fantasy 16. I still hold firm on what I said on that episode with Steven and Colin. Um, other game like I really enjoyed Street Fighter 6 as someone who is uh, awful at fighting games. Uh, Street Fighter 6 actually made me like was it was refreshing and fun to play like nice. it was like the characters like fighting games rely on their characters and street fighter 6 had a lovely little cast um of old characters and new ones and it makes me think like oh yeah capcom pretty much can't put out a bad game anymore like they they put hit after hit and it makes me so happy as someone who loves capcom uh I've been playing art when I can now since the season's in full swing. I've been playing Armored Core Six when I, you know, like here and there. That one's amazing. Um, I that honestly could be my favorite game of the year. Um, what is that? I've never even heard of it. Armored Core Six. Yeah, Armored Core Six: Fires of Rubicon. Uh, if have you ever heard of Dark Souls or like Elden Ring? Well, yeah, I was gonna ask you about that actually because I. I keep hearing about Elden Ring and I want to play that. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I've uh, never played any of, I haven't played dark souls or anything. Um, so yeah, armor core six is a long running franchise made by a studio called from software in Japan. Um, they made Elden Ring and dark souls and bloodborne, like all these like critically acclaimed games of the past 10 years. Like they're, they're amazing games, every one of them. Yeah. Um, from software games are most known for their p- punishing difficulty. Uh, oh shit! They're they're hard, but they're fair. Like that's always what I said. They are hard and fair most of the time. There's some bosses that are in their games that are kind of cheap, but you can you can survive. And the thing about like all their games, usually at least these like. Elden Ring and other games it's very like the storytelling is not like an uncharted storytelling it's much more you're absorbing in everything that you see and hear and the MP- the NPCs just kind of give you vague hints about what's happening in the world or what's happened in the world and it's all for you to discover and figure out yourself like uh Elden Ring is basically a it's it's boiling it down to its simplest terms, but it's an adult version of Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom. Like it. okay. it, it's like this gothic medieval uh action game uh where the the backstory of the entire game was written by George R. R. Martin. Like oddly oh, enough, wow. they like hired him to do that. Um and so it's literally like 
it's you just get plopped into this world and it's for you to do whatever you want like it do you think uh i have to can i just play that or should i play like dark souls or something first no honestly you could play elden ring it's pro it's honestly probably their most inviting game okay um because like let's say you run into a tough boss yeah. and you're having trouble you can just go and not deal with it like you can <laughs> yeah, come back to it later like it that's the sort of open world stuff that I kind of like where it's like you can figure it, you can not deal with it and come back to it later sort of thing. Especially if you're not at that like skill level or mm-hmm. whatever you need. I That's one of the things that kind of, I, I do like open world games, but I feel like these linear games like Uncharted and stuff like kind of guide you. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? In an open world, it's like, you you can do something where the game makers don't want you to get there yet, so they'll just make it too hard, and you're like, "Fuck, mm-hmm. I gotta leave and come back when I'm ready." Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. So like, Armor Core Six is a much is a linear game. Like, it's a it's not like Elden Ring where it's open world. So they go back to their linear ways, and it's a mech game. So you pilot around a big giant mecha that you can control. And I've, I'm not all the way in. Uh, into the game store i'm probably like maybe halfway through it it is hard but uh it is interesting to see them do a game where story is a little bit more of a priority um where they're actively telling a story instead of just kind of letting you discover things as you go um supposedly i guess spoilers for who cares but like I've seen how, like, apparently one of the routes you can go in the game basically is, like, Evangelion. Uh, Interesting. uh, It's very interesting from what I've heard from people who follow me, but also in the various, like, podcast discords that have a video game channel. (laughs) uh, Everyone says that the stories, the, because you get, uh, you get, like, different endings based on, like, who you side with. And they're all very, very good and very interesting you know they make you think about like what this person is trying to tell you to do or what they want to do so hopefully i can finish it before like december um because that's when my uh game awards special was and i'd like to i'd like to be able to say i played most of the nominees for that sort of that event yeah like okay (laughs) i could like i could properly weigh in um but yeah, it, Armor Core 6, genuinely fantastic. Um, I've been playing Max Payne 3, uh, which definitely is not the next episode after this one. Um, <laughs> just just as like a refresher. Um, unfortunately, I have not gotten to do Bomb Rush Cyberfunk, which is a game I was really excited to play for. But the podcast dictates that my priorities are elsewhere. Um, Hopefully, I can get to that one. So, I guess right now I've been playing Armor Core Six and Max Payne Three at the moment, nice. uh, and both both are worth your time. Like if you have uh, a PC or like a PlayStation Three, you play Max Payne Three, please. And if you have a PlayStation Five or any modern system, get Armor Core Six. Like I already can tell you, it's a must buy. Yeah, um, I have a PS5. That's what I played these games on. And um, the only games I've been wanting to play 
I wanted to try Elden Ring because I keep hearing about it. And then uh, I never played Red Dead Redemption 2. <laughs> I, that one's worth your time, too. Yeah, I think so. so. I want to do that. And then then I'll just message you and ask you. What <laughs> <laughs> you can, you can kind of That's guide fine. Me. Hey, I mean, I don't mind being a tastemaker. Let's just say that. Like, I mean, you kind, you already are. I've already, I, I was, <laughs> I have like lists of games that pop up from your podcast. So I'm like, oh, what is this? Let's check it out. So. Yeah, I. It always makes me happy to know when like someone says I gave this game a shot because of this show, and hopefully, you know. There's certain games that obviously you can't play because they're like not accessible or yeah. they're they're annoyingly hard to play. Like off the top of my head, there's like one game I'm talking about later this year that um does not have a proper English translation. It was all done by fans. Oh god. So, <laughs> you know, not everyone is willing to like download a copy of a game and then download an english translation like yeah. i understand that but like hell if there's like a modern game coming out and like i can say like that's worth your time that that makes me happy yeah so. for sure i mean i uh i am technically like i'm proficient with technology but i am kind of a dumbass when it comes to games like i don't know what, <laughs> i don't even i don't know what a patch is like i like heard someone talking about patch patches and i'm like i don't know what the fuck that is so i mean, <laughs> I mean if you want an explanation a patch is basically when a game developer is like oh hey there's this part of this game that's kind of broken so then they just send oh. it up. it's like when your phone updates it's like oh the game can update oh okay so that's so simple it could yeah be <laughs> it's it's now granted if you ask me how a patch works i really couldn't tell you yeah. but i you know uh sometimes you know you, you know being kind of kind of aware of how like games work helps like i'm putting my <laughs> i'm putting one of my minors to use um from college so <laughs> i'll just i'll message my school and be like i made a video game podcast please let me talk at school yeah you should <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they they my the minor I had in college is now a major at my school. So hey, I, wow. my school, you better let me do a speaking event. Yeah, <laughs> that that'll be great. I mean, I posted about it tonight. I'm seeing talking points from this show appear in gaming articles. Like who's like I know people are listening. <laughs> let me talk. Like yeah. like. I saw that's how today. It starts. That's how it starts. You got these shadow listeners. But yeah. you're putting out episodes. You how many do you have now? You have like 40, 50 out now. Uh, this one we're doing is 43. Yeah. 43, not including like bonus ones. Like close to 50 if I include bonus ones. That's impressive, man. <laughs> <laughs> I learned very quickly podcasting is a hard thing. <laughs> Yeah, and a respect to you for keeping at it. And every time I see one of your podcast uh, tweet announcements show up in my timeline, I'm like, so it brings me so much joy. Because usually Aww. with like someone that you have, the guests you have, it's someone I follow and I I like, and uh, I'm always just like, you know, curious. Get, we got to figure we gotta, out. I only bring in the highest quality of people. 
And you know, when I hey it's true. when when I when I ha- bring on them a second time, you know they are the, they are the best of people. So oh, thank you. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so you, you saw something today that that reminded you of? Oh, I saw yeah. an article like literally an hour ago about um alan wake 2 which is a game you you i'm talking to jocko but everyone who's listening play alan wake 1 it's like a six hour game it's really fun it's the closest thing we have to like a twin peaks the video game oh my god okay i'll play that Um, like immediately um sold (laughs) um so they're doing the sequel and the create the the director of it who's the writer too he's one of my favorite people in gaming he was talking about, well, he said in the article, one, he's a fan of season three of The Return. So he's a big fan of that. But like he was talking about like references, like homages and like pop culture. I'm like that. Like I talked about that in my episode with Ryan. God damn it. Like yeah. I, whoever wrote that article, I forget your name. But if you're listening, I, I'm watching you. I'm, I'm like, I noticed when someone uh last year took uh basically what me and steven talked about in laura croft episode like they did the same thing in their like article i'm like at least i know you're listening to me cite me <laughs> like give i'm me sure cred- they are i'm 100 percent sure they are because <clears throat> these people spend so much fucking time creating something and it's like if you ever talk to creators they like name search their stuff to their products to see like what people are saying they like read comments and i'm sure they're like if you name search it matt what was the game called alan wake alan wake i almost said max Payne. well um, i mean it's been alan wake and max Payne were made by the same studio so understandable oh, okay. like oh wow look at me I, uh... <laughs> but yeah you know it's like if you alan wake podcast like it's gonna come up you know but it's like, but yeah, I highly recommend. This is another game recognition. Everyone play Alan Wake. They remastered it for modern systems, so play it. It's like twenty dollars now. It's a six. It's a six-hour game, and they included two of the DLCs in it. Um, and it's 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 a basically a giant homage love letter to Twin Peaks and like early Stephen King novels. It's more so Twin Peaks, in my opinion. Um. But they basically set up, they end the game just like how Twin Peaks ended in season two with like a cutoff wondering what you want, what has happened, where the main character ends up in like a other dimension. I'm just like, okay. And then the the sequel, much (laughs) like how, you know, Twin Peaks had the 25 years, the sequel is like 13 years later. Like they, they haven't put a sequel out until this year. And I'm just like, oh, you, this feels so on, on the nose. And then every, like the way that the game looks Alan Wake two, down from like how it looks where it's more of a horror game. Uh, the fact that like how they present it is like, you're like homaging the return. And I'm like, am I, are we going to get the first instance of a game basically being twin peaks, the return? I'm like, holy shit. I'm sold. <laughs> I that sounds so exciting. I'm 100% gonna play that, and that is a tall order to try <laughs> to take inspiration from the return because so many people don't understand it. It seems. Oh, so I'm I, like, 
Oh, uh, you know? if you want, if you want some proof to it, so Remedy, the studio that makes it, they put out a game a few years ago called Control, and it's tied into the universe. And they had a DLC that incorporates Alan Wake into it, and it's the ending line to the DLC is, "It's happening again." Like, are you? It's <laughs> okay. like I, yeah. I was like, oh my god! Like I, I was so happy. I was like, my theory is true. Like, uh, nice. the writer and director, he's like, you're like literally making Twin Peaks into a video game, and I couldn't be more happy. Holy shit! I'm so excited. <laughs> Elden Ring can wait. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, so yeah, you got the remaster that's available, and then the sequel is coming out at the end of October, perfect for Halloween. Beautiful. Um, the yeah. the only downside I will say is that Alan Wake Two is a digital only game, and I every fiber in my being that is like a physical media person is like saying, "Don't buy it. Send a message." But every time they have shown videos of it, I'm like, this is literally the greatest game ever made. Like, I'm just like, I can't help myself. Yeah, um, I mean, at some point, if they're if they're not offering physical media, what are you gonna do? Like, you have to. I will. I will, cons- I will consume. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I guess the transition into like the first part of tonight is the. I guess you could say genre, but it's more sort of like a style of game, which it is the cinematic action game, cinematic, whatever you want to cinematic shooter, whatever you want to call it, which is very much what Uncharted was on and Uncharted, not to get too ahead of ourselves, but Uncharted very much defined the generation that it was in where everyone sort of copied them and as a result, we see now, at least when I go online, just because my feed is geared towards this sort of stuff, you always see how like Uncharted was the reason why games fell off, or Uncharted paved the way for games to be taken seriously, or whatever, all because it was so dedicated to the idea of like a cinematic experience. So I don't know if Jocko, if you had any insight on this, uh the PS3 era was very much like the cinematic game experience when it came to these larger scale games. So I wasn't sure if you had any thoughts on this sort of catch all term and genre of game. Yeah. I mean, I, there is something so cinematic about the game. And I remember when I was playing it for the first time that it felt so different than anything I'd played before. Mm-hmm. Um, if I am, I'm like 99% sure that I bought Uncharted 2 with the PS3. I think mm-hmm. it was like a bundle or something, or it, I, yeah. I don't I'm not, So I, it was the first PS3, or I actually bought the PS3 because of Uncharted 2, because I, I, my neighbor had it and he was <laughs> playing. I was like, fuck, I want this. And it was only on PS3. So I was like, I got to get the PlayStation. And, um, I remember just the cinematic feeling was like nothing I'd played before. And uh, granted, I played Last of Us. I think I played, I'm like, you can probably correct me on the dates of these things, but Last of Us is also Naughty Dog, right? It's like mm-hmm. same studio. Mm-hmm. I played that game. Uh, and that really, 
was the one where I was like, this feels like a fucking movie. This feels like mm. so like amazing. And playing Uncharted just again, like in the past month, uh, mm-hmm. it reminds me of The Last of Us and it really like brings out how cinematic Naughty Dog makes their games and how they make it's just like mm. so high quality and like stands really apart from any other game I've ever played. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, that that's the thing about Naughty Dog. So, like Naughty Dog started off very much, I wouldn't say following the trend, but they very much were making games that like everyone would enjoy. In the like, they made Crash Bandicoot, then they made Jack and Daxter, like, and so Uncharted was like a shift for them, where instead of being like a family friendly platforming game with a little bit of like their like kind of i guess you could say the era in which they came out like their sort of edge what it like crash bandicoot had like the 90s like cartoon edge jack and daxter had like i guess you could say like the early like you're not a teenager yet but you're like an old kid like edge to like a cartoon show or whatever but then like uncharted comes around and then you see them like really try to tackle this sort of unique experience of cinematics you know we're hiring people and we're like uh putting out there like here are our voice actors here's all the unique action sequences you can do we're highlighting how well we present our games from not only visuals but also to like how shots are framed like this action set piece score that comes along like it was a shift for them but like they really started to find that era where a lot of games at that time were really trying to go for this feel of like we're now like graphics are at the point where they're bordering realism and like now we can present games in a way that a lot more people can understand like oh like that looks like indiana jones like yeah so uncharted was the big like catalyst moment but like you see it in a lot of stuff like gears of war did this arguably maybe even before it but gears of war had this but in a more violent sort of hardcore dude energy um you saw it even like tomb raider was in took a page from uncharted's book you saw and you saw other games that weren't even just like third person start to do this like you saw call of duty start to do this where they have like these unrealistic insane action set pieces that like bookend (laughs) a level where i'll just do it for comparison's sake modern warfare 2 which came out the same year as uncharted 2 like Modern Warfare 2, you have like sequences where you're driving a jet ski through the mountain, like, or <clears throat> you have like an action set, like you have a level that takes place in like a suburb, a suburban landscape where you have to like defend a, a fast food restaurant. Like, suddenly it wasn't just like, oh yeah, that level's great. It's like, oh yeah, that moment was great, like, sort of thing. And that like i know some people will rag on this because they mostly because of the last of us the last of us is everyone's greatest enemy online 
like the last of us like raped and pillaged their home uh they they absolutely yeah they like there is a contingency of people online that absolutely despise last of us specifically the second game um i get uh, i get why for the second game but why do they hate the first game it's like they said it was like you know the fact that you're very much put on like a track and you're like funneled linearly and there's not like it's always this great debate with games where it's like do you allow your player to have like the freedom to do as much as you want or do you kind of craft an experience you know yeah where the gameplay isn't like incredibly complex but it's more or less to get you from moment to moment and you know there was this great divide in the ps3 era and even to the ps4 era where people were getting tired of this experience I, I'm if, take a shot if you're drinking if I say experience because that's going to be the word of the day <laughs> um, but people were getting tired of this formula of game where it's the gameplay is like serviceable but yeah. there are moments in the game that you're just like holy crap how do they make that happen like well, I don't want to jump the gun too much but there's so many moments in the Uncharted trilogy where you're just like how on the how in the hell did they make that? Like, and how did they make that 10 years ago? Like, I am, and they, these games all came out within like two years of each other. Yeah. They, which they like were... kind of blows my mind. And I was looking at it earlier. I was like, they made these so quickly and they're so detailed, especially with Uncharted 3, which oh, yeah. I think is my favorite one. I don't know mm-hmm. if we're like, uh, that we, one. We differ a little bit. I've, I've, I'm a two boy. Um, but I we'll get to it later. But like three has its like moments where I'm just like, holy, holy hell! How did you do that? Like, well, yeah, that's the thing. It's like uh, there's moments where I don't know in an open world game uh, they can put that much detail into it, or at least I haven't seen. Because the thing is, like every with these cinematic linear games it's like it feels kind of like a director is taking you through the movie mm-hmm. and by the time i you know you know what i mean like with director like in a good movie a good director in the first like 10 15 minutes you kind of know you're in for a ride you feel like mm-hmm. the the spell of the movie take over you and you're just like relax yeah, yeah. and like i kind of felt that way maybe not in the first uncharted i think <laughs> i enjoyed it but by uncharted 2 i was like these guys know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I And uh, I just was there for the experience. But, you know, there are certain pieces or uh, moments in the game where there's so much thought and detail uh, that goes into, like, the mechanics and physics and everything that mm-hmm. um, I just feel like in open world games, it's, like, not that thought of it you know not that thought out because there's like so much and i like open world games i feel like everything now is an open world game maybe it is (laughs) so many like maybe in 2013 people were mad at the last of us or whatever but now it's like these linear games are like kind of comforting yeah like Uh, the last of us 2 despite it being like the most realized version of a playable torture simulator yeah, <laughs> in a in a good way. I I want to. I love it. it. Yeah, it's so but good. It was refreshing to play a game that was so like linear 
I was like, thank God. Like yeah. I, 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 I have made like open world games unless the game requires it and, or the developer does something unique with it, like Elden Ring, uh, or even the newer Zelda games. They, I think they warrant their open worlds, but like yeah. nine times out of 10, the like open world is like literally just there because they aren't, I feel like in some cases they're not created enough to make an, make a campaign or a story mode that like captivates you for like, you know, 10 to 15 hours and because that's what most linear games usually are like they're anywhere from like 10 to 20 hours long and that that's always why i've sided with a game like uncharted the franchise or the last of us is that and whatever your take is on like the quality of the story or whatever like i'm not here for that but you have to like admire these people who to them, it is about like taking you on a journey. Yeah. And it is a handcrafted journey where every piece of what you see was purposely placed. And yeah. every moment that you experience was purposely made for you to experience and get the desired reaction that they want out of you. And for me, like maybe 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 i'm like the the gaming centrist where i can enjoy both sides of the coin (laughs) sort of thing but i don't know like nowadays where like every game is open world i'll take an uncharted where it's like i'm gonna be on like a short 10 hour experience i'm gonna see some brain mind melting set piece moments that i'm just like that must have taken you like two years to make and perfect to get just right and i do not wish that i had your job like um but i'll take that over something like a copy and paste ubisoft game where it's like you just you know you just vomit it out like an open world and have like a really (laughs) boring story with awful characters like and boring like side quests and shit like that, that the thing is i like I loved Breath of the Breath of the Wild. Um, trying to think of what other open world games I play. I know I played like other ones. Is God of War? No, it's not. It's, it's kind. kind of... of... <laughs> See, I can't really weigh in it because I've actually not played the newer God of Wars. I've kind of waited okay. until the hype dies down because everyone like hypes those games up. Um, from what I understand, they're more actually linear than people. They... They're much more linear. Albeit you can like freely go about like where you've gone. So yeah, that one is not a good example, but like Red Dead and stuff. Yeah, um, Red Dead's an open world. I like even Far Cry is actually Far Cry mm-hmm. 3. It would be open world. I like them. And there's there's a comfort when I want to be when I want the freedom to just fuck around mm-hmm. and like kind of do shit, like maybe like just kill innocent civilians for fun or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just like have like fuck around like blow off some steam uh oh gta is another yeah. one obviously yeah, like yeah. but at the same time this game these games were like such so much fun to play mm-hmm. that because you really just feel like you're going in like a ride and yeah, like the roller coaster a new twist ride. and turn yeah exactly and it's like and especially with uncharted one um which i'm sure we'll get into more but it's like 
there's something like meditative because you kind of know the the basic it's very it's kind of simple it's like you go into a new room okay you can go into the direction you're supposed to go or you go in the other direction get your treasure which you know is <laughs> there um or like you know what i mean it's just kind of like go in like cover shoot do all that stuff like yeah there's a I formula get why, i get why like maybe more um I don't know, like snobby gamers, <laughs> like this is like boring or something. But like for me, who's not like a huge gamer, like they were so much fun, and I I enjoyed like every second of them. So yeah, I, um, there is an argument for both types of ex- games. Like I can understand, like I've played, and I've I've I feel like I've experienced enough games in my life where it's like. You have a game like Uncharted or The Last of Us where it's a very controlled environment where you hit the beats when you're supposed to hit them. You you are meant to hit this part of the roller coaster ride. And, you know, I'm okay with it. And I've played linear games that are much more open-ended and freedom. And there's a little bit more of experimentation that happens. And I'm okay with that too. And like, I, oh. like, I think it's much like, I guess, any movie genre like open world and linear games both have their reason to exist it's more or less up to the creators if they necessitate those experiences to be like that like uncharted i would if uncharted were to be like rebooted god hope it doesn't um but if uncharted was to be (laughs) rebooted like in an open world style like i would i would never i would never buy it like i would hate it to to its core yeah it would be yeah it would be awful but like there's certain open world games where i'm just like you know you warranted the fact that this needed to be open world and there it really is to it's it's simple to say but it's really up to the creators like you would have to have the most talented people to really sell that thing you're going for and it's it's amazing to me as someone who grew up with the uncharted games and also the last of us like the last of us came out right as i was going to college or my going into my senior year of high school Mm -hmm. like these games were my life and i would like show them off to my friends and they're just like how and like they were like their minds were blown like they thought a game couldn't look this good play this good have amazing performances you know blah you know endless list of accolades sort of type thing but to see like how people have come to detest this style of game like i it's never clicked in my head it's like you know you can always just not buy this game you can always just like move on with your life and be happy but i guess gamers uh they love to be angry at everything sort of thing uh I can yeah. attest to that. I can attest to that as someone who gets mad at certain things that games do, but I think that's unrelated. You know, I let Uncharted, let Naughty Dog do their linear games. Let let them do their crafted cinematic games now. It's it's their wheelhouse and they own my ass. I'm glad that I'm uh, to some extent I, I'm not familiar at all with the online consensus on these games. Oh. Uh, so I kind of just went into them being amazed yeah, <laughs> having uh, my mind blown uh, and being like 
fuck, I can't believe like humans created this <laughs> like this <laughs> e- amazing experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do remember playing with The Last of Us specifically. Like my mom walked in a couple times uh, when I was playing, and she was like, "Is this a movie or is this a game?" Like mm-hmm. it looks so it like the score and like the dramatic scenes and everything, um, which apply to Uncharted as well. Or uh, it really does feel like. Uh, mm-hmm. a movie sometimes in the best yeah. way um yeah and and that was kind of the magic of the PlayStation 3 was like graphics had advanced to the point where it's like we can basically make realistic humans like it's no longer like oh yeah they look close enough like yeah. <laughs> where it's like if you look at a PlayStation 2 game for example it's like Oh yeah, I can tell that's a person, but like they're <laughs> like a simplified version of a person. Like they got they got the details where it mattered, sort of thing. But like now, PlayStation Three comes along and it's like, oh, we can have like realistic looking humans that like animate and look realistic to boot. So like, I'm not shocked that games as a whole went down this route because. Like, oh, games are like an infinite playground. And who wouldn't, like, if you told, like, me at 13 years old, it's like, do you want to play a game that basically is like Indiana Jones in your, like, when you want? I'm like, yeah, I do. Like, (laughs) Like, I think people want to, like, I think it's okay when, like, a game wears its influences very obviously on its sleeve and if you know what Uncharted's references are, like it makes the experience even more fun because they just feel like big love letters to like what the creators grew up on. Yeah. And but they also create something wholly unique to themselves. Like if you know, if you've ever seen like Indiana Jones and Romancing the Stone, that's Uncharted One. Like it's basically yeah. like basically a playable version of those. And for me, that's in two thousand the Christmas of 2008, that was the coolest thing I could ever experience. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, people need to get their like panties out, you know, like they uh, untwist their panties or whatever. Like <laughs> people are just, they can't let people just like crave the experience they want. And I think, you know, Uncharted was not like popular because people were like, lying to themselves sort of say so to so to say like there's a reason why uncharted became the de facto playstation 3 franchise like where people came to this system to play these games like i'm one of those people i got a ps3 because of uncharted 1 like see yeah me too so like (laughs) people just need to like take a chill pill with like naughty dog at this point like you're not going to change them you're not going to like make neil Druckmann not do this type of game or anyone who worked on uncharted that's their bread and butter yeah so has, has naughty dog ever done a like open world game as far as i know the last the lost legacy that like spin-off game uh, it was an open world, but there was a part in the game where you got like this big area you could explore uh, and solve puzzles. Like that was the uh, most 
it's kind of like how the last of us too you know how like they had the sequence when you get to seattle and you're on the horse uh with dina and oh Ellie. yeah it's kind of like that where you just get like a big area that you can just kind of poke around and find things yeah but that's as far at least in the modern naughty dog era they've got the most open they've gotten i mean in jack and daxter one it's a fully open world like you could just do it how you please you could go straight to the end of the game if you wanted to like it's interesting how they've changed philosophies over time you know crash the crash bandicoot games were fairly linear then jack and daxter they tried open world but then they kind of they they tried open world with jack and daxter for the most part like they kind of went less and less uh by the time like jack 3 came out i think for my memory is correct and then uncharted is like this hyper linear experience and you know i i cherish my linear games what can i say like as yeah. someone who's almost 30 ugh, i'm just kidding um so, <laughs> so, like i don't have time for these like 40 hour open world games anymore like like same the, I, I yeah i don't i don't either i like the how quick i mean these games each took me what like eight hours maybe uh, mm-hmm. like eight nine hours they were like pretty easy like i was never like frustrated mm-hmm. you don't i don't want to say they're easy they were like there's super some challenge enjoyable. Yeah, there there is some challenge, but it's never like um punishing. Yeah, it's never anything. And I played them all on normal. I don't know. Have you did you have on you played cru- them on crushing? On, cr- on crushing, they are it is like on the verge of like being unfair. Um, oh really? It's it's doable. I will say that. Crushing is doable, but there are moments in these games where if you're playing on crushing, it, it is crushing. Like um I'm trying to remember there's like in Uncharted 2, there's the big boss fight with the guy. It actually I'm looking I'm looking at it because I have my I have on my second monitor a playthrough of Uncharted 2. You remember the sequence before you get on the train? Like you're in the little train car, like undercover. Oh, that yeah, part that, is that so guy. hard. That is so hard on crushing. Like it took me from when I tried, that took me like 10 10 times to be like it was so hard like i think that was the hardest part of the whole thing on normal too that just like that guy is yeah he's uh, a fucking bitch to beat yeah. <laughs> like i the, but like <laughs> it is it is a crafted moment though they want you to have this extreme tense moment right before like this cool and unique moment like thing your level yeah. you're about to play so yeah again a cr- I will I almost leave. It's like the crafted linear experience is something that I will probably always gravitate to. The last open world game I played was Final Fantasy 16 and that border like it's an open world game but it borders on linear like at times like nice. which is very nice. Like yeah. I can just like you know plow out like if I have you know an open night. It's like I could plow out three <laughs> hours of that game in one sitting, and I'm oh man, I felt like I'm, pro- I'm progressing. I'm actually yeah. getting stuff done. That's the biggest People, thing about too much freedom of choice. Too much freedom of choice is like sometimes a bad thing, you know. What I mean, oh, it's yeah. like in doses. Like I like I like having all this freedom, but sometimes I just want the the experts to kind of guide me through it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like... they're they're like 
a hyper open world game like Elden Ring, I I am okay with because there is so much things to explore and it's all yeah. on your volition and it is totally built with that in mind and it's just genuinely cool to experience yeah. but like i don't know if i could i'm not built to do like multiple elden ring playthroughs let's just put it that way yeah. like i'll have my one playthrough i'll say it's amazing and like i move on with my life i'm gonna move on to the next game hope to god it's linear like sort of thing (laughs) i can only devote so much energy i run a fucking podcast let's you know like i can't devote 40 50 hours of this like generic open world game at a time you know you know daddy's got to work like (laughs) your podcast is uh, keeping (laughs) you in line (laughs) yeah it's keeping me whipping me into shape uh but yeah, I mean, I think we exhausted that talking point. So I don't know about you. You want to get into Uncharted? Let's do it. <laughs> so the first game of tonight will be Uncharted Drake's Fortune. Uncharted Drake's Fortune uh, came out November 19th, 2007. It was one of the early showcase PlayStation 3 exclusives. Um, it was notorious for having a troubled development. They There's um, a great uh, how they made the game document or documentary in quotes uh, inside the game that you can watch like where you get insight into the game, but like allegedly the game was very difficult to make, uh, mostly because the PS3 was a nightmare to make games on. Um, but it was a new uh, adventure uh, for Naughty Dog. They went away from mascot platforming games to third person shooters in the vein of Gears of War and Resident Evil 4, and ditching you know cartoons for a realistic indiana jones-esque adventure uh where you get to control the lovable and charming nathan drake as he searches for the lost city of el dorado and this is literally the game i got a playstation 3 for i asked it for christmas and i got it and i played it non-stop until a certain point that i got terrified of and I didn't play it for like a, a, like two months because I was so scared of it. Jocko knows probably the moment I'm talking about. Um, then I came back and I loved it. And it was perfect timing because they had announced Uncharted 2. So I was like, oh, wow, what perfect timing. So what did you think of the first Uncharted, Jocko? 
So this was the the one that I played for the first time. Uh, mm-hmm. Two and three I played in high school. Um, and I loved it. Like, re-experiencing these games, like, in order in the trilogy was, like, mm-hmm. amazing. But, like, immediately I was just sucked back in. It was, like, the dialogue between the characters is so, uh, so good. Yeah, so, so like fun. So fun, so like casual, like 2000 style, like <laughs> shit they're saying to each other. Um, oh, yeah. You just get it's... sucked into the world. Uh, the big <laughs> thing that sold me, other than the gameplay, but like the thing that like caught my eye, even as a 13 year old, I was like, these characters are just fun. Like they're just enjoyable people. And there are certain games where it's like, and this was something that Uncharted 1 really laid the groundwork for, which was, like, having an endearing cast. Like, this cast is, granted, pretty much three characters and, like, two villains. It's really small, but that main trio of Drake, Sully, and Elena, like, they, they hold a special place for me. Like, their adventures, like are so much fun they're such fun characters to spend time with and they're genuinely likable too like they're not annoying like you really come to just love i like i love the relationship the like will they won't they thing of drake and elena like it was so (laughs) cute and like i think it was like one of the first times that i remember like seeing a like cutesy little romance being portrayed in a game like like it's such a fun little game like i know people have gone back to it and they've like said it's it's like the worst of the bunch like just because like two and three kind of raised the bar so high but uncharted one is a just i think the best way to describe it's a fun little adventure like and for me back in the day and I still like what I you know sometimes I'll just like boot it up and I'm just like I'm gonna play for a few hours and like maybe come back to it at a later time it's still just like it it is popcorn it's like I can munch on like a few hours and I am like oh man I feel so much better than I played that it's so good like like I mentioned earlier it's this one is well, this is the one game I think that is just like a one one island the whole time. Whereas yeah. like pretty much like you kind of go to this one place and you're there. Mm-hmm. Whereas the other games, it's like you're going to like it's Tibet and, yeah, Nepal, whatever. But um this game is you kind of like get into a meditative state mm-hmm. when you're playing it, because like I mentioned, it's like you just kind of uh have the same new area is it a puzzle is it uh (laughs) you know is it climbing is it shooting you know you kind of just like in a way you mm -hmm. just kind of it it cradles you into this like um yeah 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 it it totally is like a comfort blanket game like yeah mind you like we said earlier it's not like uncharted has the most like in-depth gameplay that you're ever gonna get but it's very just like it's rhythmic it's you know it's soothing and uncharted even even in this first try they knew when to like ramp it up they knew yeah. when to like they knew when to like really like 
have a moment, even if it's not as extreme as like later games get. But there's still like moments where I'm just like, oh wow, like that's impressive. Like that, I really get a sense of what you're trying to sell me in this moment. Like when I remember, like one of the early moments I remember is like when you are climbing the castle wall at the early part of the game. Like that, that back then that was like, oh my god, that's like thinking to myself, like, oh wow, like that really sells the scale of the game. If it's even if it's on a small island, like. You you feel like one man against like something way bigger than you know you expect it to be. Yeah, the climbing is uh, maybe not my favorite part of the gameplay, but it's so fun. Like the entire game is like, as soon as I stopped playing, I couldn't wait to go back playing it because mm-hmm. it's like uh, the climbing. It's like this sense of like childhood. Uh, oh, yeah. freedom and adventure where you just like would climb things and uh the uh probably my favorite part is i i, I was just like shooting like that's like <laughs> what i i'm into like shooters and later in the later games when they build out the stealth that's like probably like my favorite mm-hmm. part of the gameplay but when i say it's like meditative like i just want to clarify it's not um ever boring like oh yeah. the game is extremely it's paced very briskly you know it's like you have like there's never like a lull um it's just action back to back non-stop <laughs> and and what it, it it balances the action with the quiet parts really well like mind you this game is very short it's like six hours if you like yeah. if if you are you know if you're someone who can just like not if it's not challenging to you and you know what you're doing sort of thing. You can get through this in like under six hours, yeah. but it knows when to balance. Like here's the shootout segment. Here's the moment where you're climbing and have some quiet, you know, it, and it never gets tiring. Like there's some games where it's like the action is so intense at all times and they never give you a break. And that gets like tiring and repetitive and boring. Like, Uncharted has, you know, it's simple core, three core pillars of shooting, puzzles, and and platforming. Yeah. But it knows when to dole it out. Like, it knows, even in this first effort, they knew, like, the balance. Quite, like, and even on these, like, smaller scale moments, there's some exciting moments that you get to control. Like, that, that was a draw of Uncharted, even with the first ones. Like, you get to play, like, Indiana Jones, like you're on the butt, you're on the back of a jeep with a minigun, or you're on the jet ski, uh, firing grenade launchers. Like, yeah, it, it oh, no- the fucking the jet ski is actually it's in the gameplay or the walkthrough you have behind you. Oh yeah, and, uh, it, <laughs> which by the that, way, that part was kind of annoying to me, honestly. It, like it was so fun, hard. but it's so hard to control. It's <laughs> it was my least favorite part as a kid, and it's still my <laughs> least favorite part. So, but I will say, this was. The, another big thing that Uncharted sold itself on was its visuals, and yeah. this was the first time. Like, it's such a minor thing, but this was the first time I ever was like, "That water looks real." Like, yeah, the water. Like, it's such an inane thing, and to most people, they're like, "Why do you care about like?" But like, this is, I think, the first time where like my brain was like that's real like when drake walks into a a knee-high puddle of water and only like from his knees below gets wet like 
this is real. Like this is a yeah. real guy I'm controlling. Like it, it crossed that barrier for me as a young kid where like, it's no longer like the, the, the stage has been given enough detail. And now I'm just like, this is like, even though what you're doing is not realistic in any sense of the me, no. uh, the understanding, <laughs> but like, I'm like, I'm really Nathan Drake. Like, which I think is what they wanted. They want you, yeah. I mean, on the back of the box, it says one ordinary man, one extraordinary adventure. Totally. They want you, yeah, they want you to believe that you're this guy. He is the everyman. His, so, even his outfit is like, <laughs> just like what a, a normal guy yeah, just in wearing, 2007 would wear. <laughs> some like, like jeans. Jeans and like a dirty like baseball shirt, like uh, yeah. <laughs> like long sleeve, and his like little Sir Francis Drake ring, and he's got his two thousands haircut that's always perfect and gelled. Like and he's not this like crazy God of War muscle video game character or anything. Like he's like, I mean, he's like you can tell he's like built, but it's just he's it's more like relatable and like oh. you know. I I will say this like Drake like was one of the first like game characters where I was like oh he's an attractive man like yeah, obviously I is. had that beforehand <laughs> like well, I remember when I saw Kratos for the first time I'm like oh those those abs can great cheese like yeah. sort of thing but like Drake I and I could hell I've I've been on the internet long enough and I've seen gays on the internet like I remember when like Drake was the hot thing for like quote-unquote gamers uh god i like that gives me shivers down my spine what he I'm is the only... hot though he is hot. Yeah. his fat ass is like in front of your face <laughs> yeah. the entire the entire game when it's yeah. like climbing and like yeah and he's always grunting yeah. like yeah. <laughs> and the, the i know people love to pretend that like his little quippy one-liners are annoying but like they're he they're not like Marvel tier. Like, if you know I don't the, think sh- they're if, annoying at all. No, they're, they're like so endearing. <laughs> yeah, you. Again, I mean, this was a to go off like the Naughty Dog timeline. It's like without this and nailing character so right, we wouldn't get like The Last of Us, where it's like yeah. that vision has fully been fulfilled, and yeah. like. Drake as a character is such he's such a great leading man not only in the relatability sense or the aesthetic sense but like he really I, like it was the closest I think a game for me at the time like made me feel like there is a connection between what I am seeing on screen and to like what I am processing in my mind I mean, and and there's been examples of that where it's like, oh, hey, they named him Link because he's supposed to be a link between the game and you. Like, literally, that's what it was. Really? I never knew that. (laughs) But like, and so like Link is like a silent protagonist in that game. But and Drake is not a silent protagonist, but Drake still feels like, oh, yeah, like I can believe that I'm Drake in my mind where I'm monkey barring between different little you know handholds and grips and you know running around with an ak-47 and like punching guys like 
it's every like teenage boys like fantasy come true yeah. of like you know it, it speaks to like an ultimate truth that every guy feels it's like i want to be my own like independent pirate basically he's like a modern day pirate uh uh and he's got his like beautiful sassy girlfriend yeah <laughs> like who i honestly so let's talk about elena for a bit because <laughs> i i found her a little annoying at first in this game because i was like female journalist her voice was like kind of <laughs> a little shrill like just not my favorite but there was that moment where she's hanging off and she it'll just like let go of her camera oh yeah um, whereas <laughs> she seemed so sad after that i was like oh no i felt bad for her because i was like she really just wanted this story yeah she's just <laughs> like it was so relatable in that moment <laughs> I, uh, like, I understand too like i even felt that growing up i was like elena's kind of on the annoying side like <laughs> she's nosy she's like you know she's like a smart ass at times but like she wins you over and by the end of the game i'm like you know you're my favorite woman on planet earth and li the later games do a great job of like making her much more like a well-rounded person i guess you yeah. could say no but she's much more they even when they bring in chloe this is jumping yeah it's like it's a nice uh what's the word like a dynamic different nice dynamic well it's just like it brings in like some it's like a difference because you notice that chloe's a lot more annoying <laughs> it's like she's, and so elena seems like really like cute and like quiet in comparison <laughs> i listen i don't know what it was you know maybe maybe it was my you know the early homosexual coming out of me but i was like you know what elena is walking around in this like you know, deserted island with a bunch of pirates and mercenaries, and she is just running around in cargo shorts and like flip flops and yeah. and like a you know a dirty tank top, and she still looks effortless. I was like, work, bitch. Yeah, <laughs> all like, of the characters look so snatched. Uh, yeah, <laughs> even Sully, like, even Sully for his age, like he's yeah, he he's... he could do it. I mean, because they're all rock climbing and shit constantly. <laughs> Even him, he's like supposed to be what sixty, and he's like climbing up walls, and he's like he basically takes a bullet. I'm like, oh, yeah, <laughs> he's like, but it it works in Sully's favor, you know, being this grizzled like, uh, like a uh, swashbuckling pirate guy in the modern day, yeah. and might might I say, in the third game, they make him even like more of like a charming character with his flashback sequence. Yeah, I, like, I they won me over with him. I think that's part of the reason why I would say they're all amazing, but I would say the third is my favorite because of the story that you get, and like well, we can get to that later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We go in order. <laughs> but what I will say, and you know, I've covered game series is like literally last week I did Dead or Alive, and that's like a very like because of the nature of like fighting games and they go on for so long franchises, whatever. Yeah. And so their stories keep adding on and on and revelations and twists and, you know, all like soap opera type things. And the uncharted isn't that, but like you really do get invested like per game about what these characters have been up to in the time gap. How are they behaving? 
how is this situation going to strain their relationships and how are they in the end going to like come together and have like their kumbaya moment and uncharted one sets up a solid little foundation for the rest of the franchise i mean and any little gameplay like quirk that the first game has because like any first game in a franchise is always going to have like quirks in it like it's not super polished and some segments like the jet sea segment aren't that fun but you know what i can appreciate in hindsight is that uncharted one literally it set the template and they just kept raising like making every part of the template more exciting to experience i mean uh, I want to briefly touch upon the moment that scared the living shit out of me as a kid, which is <laughs> when you meet the Nazi zombies. Like, yeah, that scared the hell out of me as a kid. I was like, I thought this was just like my pirate game, and I'm shooting a bunch of guys, and now there's zombies that like one hit kill you, and they take a like a crap ton of bullets to kill. What's going on here? Like. And I love yeah. it. And it's such a great moment, too, because it completely disarms you. And It does. I, as the first time I played this, I was really shook when those freaking creatures from The Descent just started coming at me. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck is going on? I didn't think the game was going to take this turn. <laughs> yeah, and and I, I what I love, another thing about the first game, and the other ones do it, too, but like very much in its in its homages to like indiana jones like it, i love that like even if it is like a t for teen game like they still are willing to like i guess in the modern sense it's off off a uh, limit subject but it's like oh yeah the nazis were doing like experiment like they wanted the treasure too it's like i don't know for me as someone who loves indiana jones and like oh yes yeah, I'm, I'm right at home like here yeah. and and the Nazis are like uh, into the, this like mystical esoteric shit, which I was oh, like, yeah. it's so it's like fun that they like in, like incorporated yeah, that into them. this game. Yeah, and, um, and I, yeah. I love I love Uncharted. Sort of, they based the games are usually based they're they're based off a historical figure who is known for exploring hundreds of years ago, and I love how the games kind of fill in a blank spot in the history and they do something it's like oh yeah like sir francis drake uh faked his own death and he found a a statue of gold that's uh where he uh eventually dies in and the statue of gold is like holding some like you know horror like horror franchise like like uh i don't know what it would be called like breath (laughs) Like a, yeah. a corpse's like breath turns everyone to mindless zombies, and I love that. Like the villain, like the 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 villain Navarro, who is like has up until the final point of the game where he has like one line, yeah. and he's like, "I want to sell it for money." Like it's so it's so simple. It's like adorable to me. Like they they didn't nail a villain with this one. Like Roman is like you're by the books like evil bad guy and navarro being like the henchman like it's basic but it's adorable like i I, it is yeah this first game is it's definitely the weirdest of the three um you know as 
you, they're trying to find their footing, but it has a lot of mm-hmm. the 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 way it turns. And I wanted to mention too that the interior, the, a lot of the scenery of this game reminded me of the first Halo with like the kind of like the outdoor like greenery stuff, and then these like tight claustrophobic industrial. Mm-hmm. I see that. insides. Um, yeah, I just. Uh, it, it's very weird it. like a lot of like there are a lot of like different elements that you know just i feel like this third and the or the second and third game were a lot more cohesive yeah um, and yeah i just attribute that to just like first game syndrome like yeah they they had an idea and they executed for the most part and you know a sequel is there to refine the ideas and I will always have very fond memories of Uncharted 1 just because that was like the game that introduced me to the PlayStation 3. I mean, you know, booting up my, you know, big boy PS3 and like getting to play this like fun action adventure game with a lovable trio of characters and they all just have like these like moments that like I can weirdly recall i mean i don't remember exact lines but it's like i can these games like i can just i can literally just draw up in like cutscenes from this game in my memory i'm like they're so burned into my like my brain that it's like it's literally comfort food it's like oh if i'm having a yeah. bad day i'll just imagine i'll just imagine nate nate and elena having their little <laughs> hug on the boat at the end it's like oh that makes me feel so happy it's true. I was having trouble falling asleep uh, like a week or so ago, and I, I was just like thinking about this game, and I fell right asleep. Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> oh, that's so cute though, and but it's so true. It's like Un- Uncharted one and the other games, maybe not so much four. Um, they're all just like they make you feel good in a way that like it feels like media we would see pre the 2010s where it's just like i'm here for a good time and i get my fun time and it it acts how i want it to be and it delivers on the stuff that i want it to deliver on and i there isn't a whole lot to say but there's still like i think uncharted one is a worthwhile experience i mean if you're if you've never played these games, they're on the PS4 and a collection that makes all the games even look better. So like, there's no reason to not play one, two, and three. But one is not worth skipping. Don't skip one. It's worth your investment, and it's six hours. Like, and it's super fun. I I I literally didn't want to stop playing it. <laughs> oh yeah, and Uncharted one. Um, introduce one of my favorite uh revised easter egg slash unlockables um that they took out i think of uncharted 4 i don't and they might have taken it out of the ps4 collection sadly because it was quote offensive uh donut drake what's that it's an unlockable costume so like after you beat the game you can like play as like different character models or like drake can get like a different t-shirt or whatever yeah but they have a character model called donut drake and it's exactly what you think it is it just makes him super obese 
<laughs> and they took it out of four because it was making fun of fat people. And they, I think they might have took it out of the PS4 collection. I don't remember. But that, you know, Uncharted also has a lot of fun little extras that you can unlock. Like, like I said, there's like the little documentary that they have about making the game. There's all these like extra costumes and extra filter modes and uh, you have the extra difficulties and yeah, like it's just a fun time. I mean, what else can there be? What else can be said really? Uh, so yeah, I mean, unless you have a final word, let's get into, I think the, the real meat and potatoes, which is like uncharted two. Let's do it. Yeah. yeah so, I, uh, go ahead. <laughs> so let's go to uncharted two. Among Thieves. So Uncharted 2 came out on October 13th, 2009. So it actually came out in less than two years, technically. That's uh, crazy. I, this was the game in 2009, at least for me, other than Modern Warfare 2. <laughs> this was the game. Like, this was a game. This was right when I had discovered, like, gaming sites properly. And I, well, I remember watching the Spike Game Awards in 2008, and they revealed the game there. They revealed, they had a reveal trailer where it's Nate walking through the snow, uh, all covered in blood. I was like, what is this? And then they showed off a few months later at E3 in June 2009, they had the, uh, the skyscraper collapse level. And I was like, what is I like this was for my 13 year old brain this was like how are they doing like this game took every single aspect of the first one and raised it to a 10 like uh, i have such fond memories of this game it was it's such an important one to me um also of note this game was the uh first major job well even though they had jobs beforehand, this was like the first major credit for the guys who made The Last of Us. Uh, oh. Bruce Straley and Neil Druckmann. Bruce Straley was a co-director and Neil Druckmann was a... I think he was a co-writer and a co-designer. 
of this game. So just a little fun fact for people. Yeah. So uh, Uncharted 2 is kind of like you see a lot of the Last of Us DNA in there. So uh, yeah, Uncharted 2 is one of my favorite games ever. Like it, I'm still amazed that that game came out. So what do you think about Uncharted 2, Jocko? I think it's a perfect game. Like from front start to finish, it's like... I agree. I Yeah, it, it, it is mind-blowing at every moment. I think when we were talking about cinematic games earlier, this is the one that really you yeah. know, encapsulates that. Maybe three as well, but the... From the opening sequence, which I'm sure we'll get into, which is like iconic, uh, yeah. with the train, the way that like the way they take you through that narrative, like starting there, then going back and everything, and it's just like you feel like you're in the hands of like a master uh director, if whatever. I don't know what the game version of that is called, but like whoever's in charge of a creative director, um you just feel like you're experiencing something epic and uh mm-hmm. i love it. it it uh i forgot to mention in the first game but this is the uh this is the precious baby of amy hennig uh she was the co-director or she was the creative director and the writer of this of the first three games so like this is her baby and she she's a figure that i love like she's an old school like woman like she she was in the game industry at a very like in the early days you know and she's responsible for the uncharted franchise she's also responsible for the legacy of kane franchise soul reaver which is another great game franchise from like the late 90s so i like Uncharted 2 and 3, I think, are her, like, peak moments, and you really get a sense that, like, 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 it's like whenever a creative type, like, creates a beloved character or a beloved franchise, and, like, it came from a genuine sense of, like, admiration and respect for, like, stuff she probably saw, and I, she is, like, one of the old school gals who like made her way in the industry and i know gaming is a a a guy thing but she she's one of the girls who can sit at the table like she (laughs) if you ever look up pictures of her she's got like a beautiful smile and like long gray hair she's like she almost looks like she's like a hippie like it's i love her like and it's respect respect to like a woman making these games and i could tell I've never seen her before, but I believe you. She has a great smile because you you, you feel like someone with like a good heart made these games. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, like... yeah, like here, this is what she looks like. Oh, she looks she looks she looks so much like someone I know at work. Actually, it's just kind of funny, but yeah. she um she looks like a sweetheart. <laughs> yeah, and it's sad too that she basically got kicked out of Naughty Dog for her beliefs well she it's not like she was like a like a trump supporter per se but she was like that type of woman who's like i am here because of my talents and my success and i'm not like here to shoehorn things in and she wouldn't bow down to that so they just kind of like kicked her out what the and fuck? it's sad because like 
don't know. She, and she really hasn't done much since then. And after the after the after she, Uncharted she, games, well, she she was writing Uncharted Four, and then like around that time she left Naughty Dog and they rewrote the whole thing pretty much. And what the fuck? She really hasn't had many jobs. She was she was like a writer for one of the bad Battlefield games, which I don't blame her on. And then. Sadly, she was credited on the awful game this year for Spoken. Uh, so she really hasn't had a whole lot. And every every time you see like her coming up in the news, it's like, oh, she's tied to this Star Wars game that like never comes out. And it's really sad. But I wanted to give my flowers to Amy because Uncharted clearly was her baby. And uh, I... I've, fully resonated with this creation of hers and and i think uncharted 2 you really see not only just her but like everyone at naughty dog like operating at full power like the visuals are better the acting is better the music's better the set pieces are better the it really kind of embraces the indiana jones like globe trotting uh, way more where you're going from nepal to borneo to tibet like the you know himalayas to a mu- turkey turkish museum like it feels so like you really it really sells you on the adventure yeah. and there's not a moment in this game like they always are doing something a little different like like meant there's the there's you open the game where you're dangling off a mountainside and you're trying to climb up a train hanging off a mountain. Like, what a perfect opening, mind you. And then you get, like, you, Jocko said there's the whole entries. Why is Drake covered in blood in the mountains? And then you go from, like, getting introduced to Drake's old fling, uh, old fling Chloe. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Chloe, Chloe's interesting of a character. Um, she's a tough chick. Yeah, she's yeah she take and she knows how to use her womanhood to yeah. get around. <laughs> uh, I like I like how even that these games are rated T for teen and like there's always kind of them trying to get like around like the T rating, but it's clear there's so much like. I love that the characters are clearly horny for each other, like not even <laughs> like hiding it. Like both Chloe and Drake are like in levels are like, oh, your ass looks great. Like yeah. <laughs> it's like it's it, again, Chloe is a great addition to this cast of, you know, plus Elena and Soli. But, you know, you have the the smarmy uh, asshole and Flynn, like he's a great dumb. Oh, yeah. Guy. A bumbling dunderhead of a villain who's still threatening you you even have a beloved character in jeff the cameraman who's in for like two levels oh yeah <laughs> i felt bad when jeff died jeff i know uh he killed him off who looks like uh the uh ross from friends i can never like get this <laughs> um but also <laughs> like funny. they they make a much much better villain in lazarevich uh who's even though he still played like i'm evil bad guy like he's still a threat like the actor who plays him like takes it up like to 11 and he he maybe not hams it up but he 
he fully embraces his role as this like vaguely Russian military warlord with like a fucked up scar on his face. Like he's genuinely threatening in this game. And... Yeah, he's like a James Bond villain because they even show you brutally. They show him killing, brutally Jeff. killing Jeff and uh, other people earlier on. Mm-hmm. So you know this guy doesn't fuck around. He's like, yeah, a bad evil person. <laughs> yeah, and and it's not Uncharted is never really needs like full on moral grayness like The Last of Us does where the line between good and evil is like the same like uncharted is like heroes versus bad guys sort of thing and that's all you need and you don't need to like make lazarevich a complicated villain and he has a tragic backstory no yeah. he's a bad guy like and that's all you need he's an evil bad guy who has like a militia like going through all these locales trying to find the treasure of marco polo like yeah i feel like you mentioned earlier that some people shit on the stories or they say i don't know if they say they're kind of like undercooked but i feel like these are the stories are exactly just what they need to be they're not like any more any less they it's an action adventure movie type of game that you're playing and you're getting Kind of like the same level of story you get in like, you know, like a your average Bond movie or something. Like they mm-hmm. definitely, I think, perfect the storytelling on Last of Us. Naughty Dog, mm-hmm. Naughty Dog does like, and that's like, but at the same time, Last of Us is not as casually like fun and like fast paced as these games. You know, at least to me, um, these games yeah. are just like fun. They're like watching an action movie. Uh, yeah, adventure it, movie. and that's all it wants to be it wants to be the greatest playable action movie that you can ever get and it does that like in uncharted one the most creative set pieces were like oh you're driving on a jeep and you have a turret or you're driving on a jet ski with a grenade launcher like that's the most complex they really got in that in the game or the but, the Nazi, what is it? the U boat was kind oh, yeah, of the cool U boat, like, like, but like Uncharted two, like, it raises the bar in ways even back then I didn't think they could do. I mean, they the and what's smart too is that they don't like blow their load on it quick. They they wait for the big moment, which was the skyscraper fight. Yeah, like. Still, when I first saw that, and then when I finally got to play it myself, and I still when I like when I booted up a few months ago, I was like, "Holy! Like that you're literally traversing a skyscraper as it's collapsing and <laughs> shooting guys and a helicopter. Like it's it's a it's spectacle that I think people then, especially then, but even still now, it's like." The fact that they were able to do this is like mind bending. I can't imagine the like man hours that it went to like make sure that like everything works right and all the physics are work because you like see all the office desks and books and tables are flying everywhere. Yeah. Like I can't imagine the man hours that it went to like perfect these like individual moments and not even even in the these large bombastic moments, but even in like smaller set pieces like there's that 
one big puzzle in the temple with the giant dagger oh, and you're yeah, climbing and you're climbing that you're climbing this giant dagger in this like throne room or whatever and like it takes like the puzzle pl- aspect and the platforming aspect and raises it to a degree that like i'm just like what i didn't even think they would go that far like that the, room is so beautifully designed. So much, so many of these scenes are. But when I, before I replayed it, the two uh, moments of the game that I really remembered were obviously the train because it's in the beginning and it comes back. But then also that room because I remember having this giant dagger you have to climb and like the heights you have to go to. Um, it really, it really sticks with you. There are a lot more memorable moments in this game. Yeah, like, there are so many moments in this game where, like, it's a game where I can, like, almost recall, like, in an instant. Like, I can remember that scene. I remember that scene. Like, I can remember the throwaway line of Elena saying, oh, yeah, Elena Fisher, last year's model. Like, what? (laughs) Such a throwaway line. Or, like, why do I remember that? Or why can I remember, like, the 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 cute little puzzle where you blow up the little beetles the beetle cars in the river and like you're trying to traverse this yeah like why can't i remember that like the because it's not like uncharted 2 i mean it raises the gameplay just enough when they introduce stealth like that's really the biggest thing that they added and stealth is fun it's a nice little wrinkle to the formula but the simple gameplay loop and yet I remember so much about this game. Like, and maybe that speaks to how many times I played it growing up, like just back to back to back to back. Um, but like I remember there's so many moments where I'm just like, God damn, like when you're that like the train level, like where you're traversing the train that's going through an actual location, yeah. which again is I mentioned this actually last season. Tomb Raider did that and I believe it's the fourth game I can't remember right now where they have a train level but it's really rudimentary because it's PlayStation 1 graphics Uh, but this is like the actualization of that idea of like I'm on a train and I'm shooting guys on a train and there's a helicopter trying to blow me up on the train and it ends with me delivering a it it ends in the mid cap with you like the helicopter blowing up part of the train and it's like the most detail animation of a train just like being complete like flipping i was like what the what in the ever loving hell is going on (laughs) and the level keeps going into the himalayas and it ends with a giant turret it's like it it feels like a kid is coming up with this, but like you know, it's not like it's like it's the saying. It's like oh yeah, a kid at heart like type feeling where it's like Amy Henning, Neil Druckmann uh, are like just thinking of like what is a cool moment that could like punctuate this level, and boy is it ever. And funny enough, that's actually what like Uncharted Three was, where they designed the big level set pieces and wrote the story around it. Oh really? That actually makes sense to me. I didn't know that. Yeah, but, I um, I think yeah. Uncharted Two might have done this, but they might have been a little bit more like clever about hiding it. But yeah, uh, 
but like there's so many just like man there's so many moments where i'm just like there's like the like the tank chase sequence in the in the tibetan village there's the the car chase where you're like jumping between cars and there's the when you get to shambhala and you're like on that platform that's like you know flying down the hill and you're fighting these yeah. like guardian like <laughs> yeah. every, there i could list like so many moments of this game it's this game is like probably has the most real estate up here for whatever reason it's so iconic every moment is it's a moment and like you said it's like it, there's this child at heart uh sensibility throughout everything which makes it so uh entertaining and you never feel like like every part of the game like they keep making it bigger they keep making it more uh like oh my god he's gonna die now or something mm-hmm. like that and it's just like it's fun throughout it never feels frustrating um it's not it's not frustrating and it's not overwhelming yeah. like again it's that balance they found of like we know when to ramp shit up. We know when to give you a quiet moment. We know when to amp the stakes up. It's it's core fundamental, like making a piece of media like on display. Like it's not like pay- breaking new grounds, mind you, yeah. but it's like masterclass execution of like fun and engaging characters, visuals that still look mind-boggling good today yeah like music that is just like fits the mood in every scene perfectly like this this was the game i think that really sold people on like oh yeah naughty dog is like doing something crazy right now and it makes sense because i think um this team that made uncharted 2 most of this team went on to be the last of us team like, because when they oh. finished, when they were making Uncharted 2, Naughty Dog split into two teams. Yeah. And I think the Uncharted 2 team went on to make The Last of Us. Got it. So, you know, I, you, as I said earlier, you can see, like, even though they're not exactly the same, you can see, like, Uncharted 2 led, leads us into Last of Us. Like, and I, and I did, I read something. I don't know if you know about this, that, uh, one of the designers or one of the developers on last of us put like a easter egg or something in uncharted 3 and then yep. left it by accident i remember that i yeah. i was i was there when people I, like there but like <laughs> i remember when people when the last of us's teasers were coming out where they were just doing like the vague teaser like real like trailer like video reels yeah. And people found that Easter egg in Uncharted 3. I remember like when that people discovered it's like, wait, is Naughty Dog making this? Like, how is there an Easter egg in this game already? And they just figured it out. Oh, like so it wasn't announced who the developer was? No, they, they kept it hidden until I think it was the Spike Video Game Awards in 2011, I think. Yeah. It was like a it was like a week and a half or a week before the they revealed it proper. Like people found this like little Easter egg in three. It's like holy shit! Like could it be? Is it not? But it wasn't. Me? It wasn't supposed to be there. I guess one of the 
one of the people <laughs> on the Last of Us team put it in Uncharted 3 as like a joke or something. And then <laughs> when they released Uncharted 3 and realized it was there, they like were horrified, but um Thankfully, they decided no one... not to pull it because they said if they like do a patch and like pull it, then people would yeah would be like, What 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 was that you removed or something? You know? Yeah, like... <laughs> which in all fairness, that was the right move they did because it would have yeah. raised everyone would have known it was Naughty Dog. Like the the big shock of the last of us reveal was the fact that it was naughty dog. Cause it was a new franchise for them. Yeah. Like, so, but yeah, uh, not to get too sidetracked on the last of us. Cause I feel like the last of us can be talked to from sunrise to sunset, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, uncharted two, like they're at a certain point, it turns from just like genuine, like analyzing part of the game where it just turns into like, uh, non-stop fanboying yeah. like even the one segment where it's like you are just forced to walk in the Tibetan village I love yeah. that because there's so much charm and character in that little location with your little buddy Tenzin like I love the the oriental uh, oh yes like uh, settings of this game like because it's not oriental is like the right word for it too it's not like asian or like indian it's like in like nepal mm. or something i like you know it's like yeah it's it some... kind of has this unique video game uh mystical vibe to it yeah um which is i think people again that's a it's such a minor thing but like nowadays a game won't do that like i saw it in like the most recent tomb raider shadow the tomb raider where a lot of it takes place in like central america and like they're playing up like oh the culture of this of this land or whatever like trying to do the modern day approach to it even though they they still divulge into sort of the like uh like broad strokes definitions of a, a land they're still like trying to be like uh culturally aware sort of thing like yeah. look at this like indigenous tribe in the mountains and look how perfect they are <laughs> like with, yeah and Unchart granted uncharted does it but it's in a way that's good like yeah. you just know it you you know it when you see it like it's not it's not like sugarcoating or like portraying tibetans as like or you know this tibetan village like oh yeah they they're one with nature and they're oh so perfect and why can't no. we be why can't we be like them sort of thing no it's you a very it, unpre unpretentious game it doesn't have like a a motive or message it's trying to like tell you it's just like i feel like the point of the game is like we made this product for you to have a lot of fun with and we're yeah. like proud we're really proud of what we made and it's you can tell they are like in the game because it's just like it's, every it's yeah, awesome <laughs> every part of the game is this them like showing off something yeah like, it felt, exactly it, at times it almost feels like gloating but like yeah. in, in the gloating where it's like yeah you earned that though like you yeah. earned the chance to gloat about like this one scene and like i'm on my playthrough on my monitor like a uh elena in the village like meeting drake after you know he gets uh, shot like yeah. Again, this this game solidified my like young teenage like Drake and Elena forever. Like yeah. <laughs> the, the, I the the that those two I think were the first time like I properly saw like a 
a cute, beautiful little romance. And I give credit. They they finally they Elena's no longer squeaky and annoying. She's like a very <laughs> tender and caring person with a little bit of sass. Like they definitely tidied up the they did a lot more character development in this game. Same, obviously, a lot more in the third. But I get why some people might be like, ugh, like, romance. Or, like, gamers would do that. Because it's just, yeah, like, it's like, so, like, art, honest and uh, yeah. cute. Yeah, the uh, gamers like to be, you know, they 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 want, uh, they just want, like, damsel in distress, quote-unquote. Like, there's nothing yeah. wrong with that, exactly. But like they want the BPD art ho. Uh, <laughs> good, good lord! If Uncharted Five ever to come up, that's what they would do. Is like, oh god! I actually know because in Uncharted Four, Nate and Elena have a daughter. Now, granted, she's not portrayed as like a goblin. She just looks like a Pixar character. <laughs> So like maybe I there's have to hope. play Uncharted for it. I will after this. Just it, I need to like see how it ends. <laughs> it's Uncharted Four is messy at time, which is weird because it's made by Neil Druckmann and Bruce Straley. Like yeah. gameplay wise, it's probably my favorite. But like there are moments in that story where it's just like, okay, the 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 libtard uh, update happened. Oh and no! Where they have a a black woman as one of your villains, and she's literally you can't beat her. Like every time you get into a fight with her, you lose, and that's part that's part to happen. And she get <laughs> and she gets away and she gets away and she gets to be in that spin in that in that side game last Lost Legacy, and she gets wow, to be like one of the main. So char- she gets to be the second main character. I'm like, oh my god! I'm like. At least the lip-tarded stuff in Last of Us Two, though, I feel like kind of it didn't matter. Didn't bother me, yeah. Yeah, because they all get brutally murdered. Like, (laughs) and even then in Last of Us Two, the the (laughs) character who has the most idealistic and like best view on life are the two white people and Owen and uh, Abby. It's true. And their special (laughs) trans, their special transgender, uh, and Lev, uh, but. Yeah, Uncharted 4, they try to basically do what they did in 3, where they're like, Drake, is you've killed so many people sort of thing. Yeah. They, they play up the melodrama with Nate and Elena, and there are some genuine, like, kind of cute moments, like, where Nate and Elena are doing, like, like domestic life together, and Drake is just reminiscing about, like, his adventures in his attic and Nate and Elena just have pasta together and you literally get to play Crash Bandicoot and apparently Elena's a pro gamer at it um what do you mean you literally get to play Crash Bandicoot you literally get to play Crash Bandicoot like the first lo- like one of the levels from Crash Bandicoot you get to play on Uncharted 4 oh that's so cool nice yeah they they re they recreated Crash Bandicoot like a level from Crash Bandicoot and you get to play it like that's that's cool that's like a little, that is cool. That that's like one of the unchartedism is like they'll have like this one little throwaway element yeah. that like they never bring it back for the rest of the game. Like, but it's still like enjoyable. Like Uncharted Four, I want to love more because there are moments where it hits, like it really yeah. hits. 
but then there's like the stoop you know the unstoppable uh black uh ebony goddess uh villain with an angela davis afro uh and she is unbeatable okay but it's kind of funny i mean in retrospect i get in retrospect it is funny uh but credits to this game like uncharted 4 at least those they even make her look beautiful like they make everyone in uncharted 4 look literally like real human beings like it's scary yeah like i i because when did that come out on ps4 yeah and but they they re-released it on ps5 with like enhanced visuals and they included that that standalone game uh lost legacy in there so i mean it's worth I think getting. I'll probably I'll probably play that next just because I played these three. Mm-hmm. And then by the time October Halloween comes around, I'll play the Twin Peaks no. one. <laughs> yeah, Alan Wake. That's your homework, Jocko. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but yeah, Uncharted. I don't want to get too much in Uncharted 4 because like I'm a little burnt on it. Like yeah. there are parts of it where it hits, but then there are parts where it doesn't. Like where the main villain is a spoiled rich guy. And he's like trying to prove that he is like successful, and but he's just like a big brat. Yeah, and I'm just like, oh, whatever. Like, so Amy, Amy Henning was not on that one. She wasn't. The, the, so maybe that's where they they flopped. She I think that's the one Neil Druckmann game writing wise where it's like it's not his best yeah. work. It's not like awful. Like it's not even bad. It's like serviceable yeah because there are genuine character moments in uncharted 4 where it hits perfectly a lot of it is with elena and nate like they're the best part of the game for me plus also the action sequences but nate and elena's relationship is the best in four it's the best part of four uh but yeah i don't want to get too into uncharted 4 because i oh that would be like 40 more minutes of discussion (laughs) but but i think back to uncharted 2 but i think the point being is like uncharted 2 is a game you have to play in order to get why we're just like fanboying about it because at a certain point it stops being like genuine analysis and more just like isn't that the coolest thing ever jocko right it's it's like a it's so cool it's so fun it so i i'm not as familiar as you are but is it like a really popular game like that it's oh yeah it was a massive hit like that makes me so happy (laughs) it said uh by the time so i'm looking at it right now by march 2015 the games has sold i mean grant said this was like eight years ago but uh, in 2015 they said the game had sold six and a half million copies wow yeah so it was a it was a it was a mega hit back in the day like in let's see november december january february and so in four months it said the game sold three and a half million copies in four months which back then was a lot of copies you know i mean this is the game that made me buy a place a ps3 yeah i I saw i was at my neighbor's and he let me play a bit and i played the um what section was it it was towards the, I don't remember. It was like towards the beginning. I remember it was just like the climbing, the shooting. The Borneo segment? Like the one in the jungle? I actually think it was, uh, 
it was the part in like the city. whatever the middle eastern city that's kind of being like a it's like uh, a war zone tibet nepal whatever one of those yeah two i don't know wherever that is where it's like you're you're getting into people's like homes and stuff yeah. on the ground so it was like it just it seemed really fun and i was oh, yeah. like i want to play this so yeah i got i, I found like a bundle or something <laughs> i i mean many such cases um but yeah it it's just a perfect game. It's one of these games where I'm like, this is a perfect experience. Like, even with like the tiny flaws that it has, it's still like a such an enjoyable game. Like, they even made the like supernatural enemy in this game like equally terrifying as zombie Nazis with <laughs> bodybuilder uh, Tibetan monsters. Yeah, like like gorilla men basically. <laughs> like, oh, and there's the. Uh... There's those before that when they're the yetis, uh, the yetis, yeah, and yeah, then you realize what they are. Yeah, like again, Uncharted loves to. It's again, it's just that perfect pacing. Like, yeah, it's perfectly paced, perfect execution. I I can't say, and I will say, real briefly, this was the game that introduced multiplayer. The multiplayer was fun. I remember playing it a lot. Uh, it was actually the first game I ever played multiplayer. Um, it was my first mm-hmm. ever multiplayer game. Uh, I distinctly remember my first match too. I had zero kills and I died eleven times. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so, what is the multiplayer? I've never. Is it like a team it, thing or what? Yeah, it's pretty much a team thing where it's like teams of five, and it's either like team deathmatch or they had Got like cap- instead of capture the flag, it's like capture the treasure. Okay. Uh, and they also had a co-op mode, I think. Um, they had like a co-op mode that was actually not that was actually pretty fun. It was challenging, but pretty fun. Uh but yeah, it the multiplayer isn't like superb, but it was it was fun. Like it was bare bones, but honestly, bare bones is kind of fun. Like yeah. and plus with Uncharted's mechanics, like climbing and you know the the climbing being part of the gameplay like made it fun for me like the fact that i could play as elena in multiplayer and you had like taunts that you could do i felt that 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 hit that was, i like, want to play should... it now and unfortunately oh. the servers are down so oh, no they didn't they didn't put it on the ps4 version and i think the ps3 servers are shut down for it sadly I never played multiplayer. The only multiplayer online I ever played was WoW in like and then Journey 2007. Well, Journey Oh, two. yeah. That is a multiplayer. Yeah, so... That's I mean, right. PS3 multiplayer <laughs> was so much fun because multi online for PS3 was free. Like, you didn't have yeah. to pay money for it. So, like, there were so many just fun games you just, like, could pop on and like have friends i mean it was like bare again another bare bones experience but still like as i said bare bones is fun like you don't have bare any bones like is fun because then you can master it and like fuck around and you don't have to like learn all this shit and, and there's no unnecessary bells and whistles yeah because like, that's exactly. what a lot of modern multiplayer games it's just bells and whistles like just to entice the zo- yeah the zoomers have to like be entertained with like a new costume so whatever uh, i think we've exhausted uncharted 2 like just play it just just play <laughs> it like that's all i can tell you play the game you're gonna you are miss you will thank me later 
Yeah. So let's get into the final game, which is Uncharted 3, Drake's Deception. Uncharted 3, Drake's Deception, came out on November 1st, 2011. Uh, I distinctly remember the lead-up for this game because I remember how they like boldly declared the release date in its first trailer, saying 11-1-11. I don't know if it's considered cringe, but I remember they had a cross promotion to play the multiplayer beta for this game early if you went to Subway. And I went to Subway <laughs> and I went a day early, not knowing. And I asked, like, do you have the Uncharted 3 bundle? And the Subway employee looked at me like and said, What? It's like I never <laughs> felt I hadn't felt that embarrassed ever in my life. I was like, That's so this. cute. <laughs> so yeah, just imagine me doing that as like a at that point 16 year old like I, <laughs> I got adorable. my <laughs> I got my car and a few months later it's because I can go to Subway and get an Uncharted 3 <laughs> multiplayer code um but yeah did you was, get it the next day yes or, I did nice <laughs> I there's no way I was skipping out on that but yeah Uncharted 3 was like at the time we thought it was going to be the final game in the series you know it was kind of wrapping up loose ends they go back to the story of Sir Francis Drake. There's a lot of sort of implications that like Drake has to stop. It's ruined his relationship with Elena. Like all this like melodrama is present yeah. in this game and it's very juicy. Um, <laughs> but also in a way I love how they introduce like Soli is now like a very present character in the story and that relationship yeah. to both with the flashback and the modern day segments and yeah i mean uncharted 3 loses out to uncharted 2 in my opinion it's like you know neck and neck for me they're they both do some they both do things better than each other but i still pick two but three is still i think a great experience despite some of my personal issues with it but 
what did you think of Uncharted 3, Jocko? I loved it. And as I've mentioned a few times, I was thinking about which one of these is my favorite. I think 2 is a perfect game. I think 3 has more flaws. But 3, to me, the story, it expanded on the story. Like, to be honest, in 2 and 1, I didn't really care about the story that much. Like, I was kind of like, I was like paying attention to it but i was really just like i want to play like because it's so fun to play and three it like really expanded on that you really get a lot more about drake be when how he met sully when he was young which i love that part of the game uh when you get to play as teenage drake yeah spunky Um, little drake yeah it's like that was like really entertaining um and i think that the the uh set pieces or whatever you call them are like bigger and oh like yeah they they and better but at the same time there's more inconsistencies uh throughout yeah um i mean but i loved it overall it was it was like the perfect ending yeah this trilogy. I, yeah. yeah if uncharted 4 didn't happen i would have been happy if this was the yeah. ending like yeah, the Uncharted 3 has more flaws, in my opinion, mostly because that, like, seem. There are moments where it feels like they came up with an idea and didn't know how to connect it to the yeah. main plot. I'm particularly looking at the boat segment, which boat... I loved playing. <laughs> oh, yeah, I love playing the boat level, but, like, why is Drake here? Like, it felt so, like, yeah. they came up with an idea for this, like, basically, like, what if you played a level like a uncharted level and basically like a titanic sinking and it's amazing is amazing amazing. (laughs) but like why is drake here why is he captured by this like random pirate like it's so weird but and sully's not even there like it's just like it's it's like a waste yeah it's a it's a total like like (laughs) again it's that that illusion they had of like stringing together a story to fit the set pieces like this one where it's like oh they they created this boat level and they had to figure out how to connect it like i'm not necessarily mad at it like that boat level is kind of unreal in its scope and size and what the unique moments in it like you go from being on on the deck on the top deck in a rainstorm and then by the end of it, you're escaping a rushing torrent of water and doing like a slow mo jump out of the boat, like. And the parts they, where it's like turning, you're like upside yeah, down, and you're like, oh, which which way am I oriented? Right yeah, now? It's like really the, fun. The scope of these like action moments are unreal. So much so that the plane segment later in the game inspired Mission Impossible. I'm like, really? I'm not, yeah, it inspired one of the Mission Impossibles, like. So, like, the most recent Mission Impossible literally takes Uncharted 2's train segment. Like, where Tom Cruise is trying to climb out of the train hanging off of a cliff. It's literally ripped from Uncharted 2. (laughs) I'm like, Tom Cruise has good taste in video games. I guess uh, I find it very cute and adorable that, like, Tom Cruise was probably shown Uncharted at one point. He's like, I could do that in real life. (laughs) Um. But yeah, those by the way, people... did you ever watch the movie? I've never seen the Uncharted movie. I refuse. <laughs> I know I can't, I have no interest. I, I want to see. I don't want to see that twerp on screen. It's supposed <laughs> to be that little like that Tom little... Holland, right? Yeah, Tom, Tom Holland, Holland is Nathan Drake. No, ma'am. 
That is yeah, not he's... not my Drake. <laughs> like it's kind of I mean, oh my god, like I refuse <laughs> to see that just because it looked terrible and yeah. it it was just like we're trying to create they they thought they could probably create their own like little cinematic thing out of it because they're like oh yeah uncharted cinematic yeah. but like they it's like you don't understand like you don't hire it, a child to play an adult man it's on. really hard to remake i don't well actually i think the last of us people like but i haven't seen it the show oh, the show's great like yeah well, I, I and I credit that too because Neil Druckmann was on the production of that. Like Got he it, yeah. he wrote some of the episodes and he directed an episode, and he was like basically I think executive producer on it. So he had top down control on it. So I credit that. And there's some stuff like video game adaptations that are fine. Like they're not bad. Like because in the past they were either camp delights or just pieces of shit yeah and they're getting better now like i watched the twisted metal tv show and i didn't want to kill myself watching it so (laughs) it is uh it it's got some really stupid moments where i'm just like this they set that show in the post-apocalypse and the post-apocalypse happens in 2003 and why are they talking about mental health buzzwords like yeah but at the same time (laughs) the twisted metal tv show has surprisingly actually like sex scenes in it like like two sex scenes by the way in one episode like granted it's kind of played for like kind of laughs because they're like fucking in a ball pit they always yeah there has to be some twist it can't be porn well actually there's like a i mean they play it as like a jokey joke thing but like there's a whole character where she is a horny old lady and she draw she writes a book with pictures of different sex positions you can have in a car and like they show they show the drawings like (laughs) like on screen i was like oh wow like i didn't think they could do that but hey you know i'll take it i'll take you know what's his you know the two lane actors fucking in a ball pit and like them trying to recreate sex positions like from this book like you know what i thought like these were sanitized out of pop culture i'll take it i'll take this like little w like you know i've i'll take the jokey parts out of it you know at least like i see a relationship that isn't like Teehee, I like you, sort of thing. Like, oh, they actually have a heartbeat and they care. They they <laughs> want to they want to fuck each other constantly. So yeah, not twisted metal TV show. One maybe I'll talk about that one day. I have thoughts. Uh, but yeah, Uncharted three. There's yeah, the story really did take an upgrade. Like my if you were to take away the weird parts, like the boat story segment, like. Yeah the story of Drake kind of having to come to terms with the fact that maybe he's too old for this and it's ruining his relationships with the people he most cares about. Like I, that's a nice little spin. Like it doesn't, because like one of the things Uncharted got that actually 
dictated the last of us was people always said like oh drake kills a million people in the games and like they never address it sort of thing it's kind of a ludo narrative dissonance like what does that mean it's basically the actions that you are doing on screen do not match like what the characters in the story are like feeling and doing so like uh, it's never addressed in the cutscenes that like Drake kills literally like an army of people, like sort of thing. It, it's it's really picky, like nitpicky, like. But but there's so many other unrealistic aspects of the game, like the yeah. physics from when he's jumping from one chandelier to something is like unrealistic, like. Yeah, I mean zombies. <laughs> yeah, I. I'm, I Thinking that Uncharted has to follow the rules of logic is like asking, I don't know, like a bird to, like asking a fish to swim, like, or a fish to fly. Yeah. Like, it's, it doesn't make... What is this moralist, like, exception? They're just focusing on, oh, he killed all these people. What does he have to do? He has to, like, apologize? Yeah, like... (laughs) Like, it's a fucking video game. And they, they kind of addressed it, but, like, it's not in a way that, like, finger wags, like tries to say like it doesn't try to rewrite drake as like seek actually he's an awful person he's a monster they do enough of it where it's like it's just enough where it makes you realize that drake drake in his life has killed a lot of people and is it worth doing that anymore when he has his out elena like he has an out and he didn't take it and now she's like basically distant from him and you know, th- I think this is the peak outside of four of their dynamic where you see like, oh, yeah, the once beautiful little r- relationship has been fractured a little bit. Like that scene where Drake comes back from the boat and he like all he can do is just rest his head on her lap like that. That was such a wonderful little moment. Like it's so it's so endearing, like. This yeah. man who's just like literally floated out at sea and survived <laughs> the Titanic, basically. He's like, I need my wife. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, I do love their relationship. Um, and I do love him and Sully's relationship a lot too. I think oh, yeah. uh they it's they, a unique dad son, even though they're not really dad and son. It's uh, a yeah, it's a father-son dynamic you really don't see a lot and game any media like because a lot a lot of the times nowadays they do like the whole the dad has the daughter thing like yeah like really the only other big budget game that i can think of that has this is like god of war yeah god of war does but it's they're actually father son and yeah so i can't young but like i don't know it Whenever I see like a genuine like father son relationship in anything, it doesn't have to be a game. Like it's very like that's of some. Again, it's just an endearing thing that you get to see. Like this man who wants nothing but the best for his basically adopted son, but like he's trying to get his son to come back from like ruining everything, sort of thing. Yeah, I, it, it that's the strength I think of Uncharted Three is that again the, the the writing keeps leveling up and they they understood that 
Elena and Sully are like the emotional cores for Drake. And what they do with each other is equally as important as Drake is stopping the bad guy, which I love the, the villain in this game. Oh boy. Catherine, uh, was it Catherine? Was her last Marlo? Yeah. Marlo, this like crotchety old woman, uh, serving some cunt. Uh, she's so cunty. And then her, uh, her like little butler, uh, what's I can't, I'm blanking on his name. Starts uh, the T, I think. Uh, uh, Talbot. Talbot, yeah. Yeah. It, I like him being this like maniacal pl- plotting person behind the scenes who, with his fucking like drug that he keeps. Oh, that people. segment! That segment's amazing. Yeah, like, it's so it's, good. It's such again. It's like a one-time thing. They have you play Drake tripping balls, and it's still like a great scene. And it's an effective like drug scene in a game. Like you act because you're like chasing him through the the Yemen streets, and like you act. I kept bumping into things because it was so wobbly. Like. It's it's hard to control and they it's funny because you're in this like Middle Eastern bazaar and they're playing this like, oh, yeah. like yeah. Middle Eastern like music yeah. and it's just like they would never do that anymore. Oh no, so I mean, well, for but it, one, it adds the whole like mis- mysticism aspect yeah. of it. Something that was just like, oh yeah, that's just what <laughs> we do in our in our movies and shows. Like when we portray another culture, it's like. You just amp up the stuff that we see and hear, and it doesn't matter if like, oh, they're they're such a great culture. They're just on par with the West. Yeah. I'm like, are they? I don't know. Like, a good thing we, that no. I mean, we, uh, we've played these games. <laughs> we've seen the movies. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah. It, we're it's... recording this on nine eleven. Let's just say that. <laughs> So. <laughs> oh, maybe, maybe not for you for me it's still 911. it's 912 for me but still <laughs> oh, i forgot about that that's what... <laughs> we're talking about the middle east and recording on 911. <laughs> like oh boy oh, that's... <laughs> that's so but yes i love i again who doesn't love a broad strokes uh, representation of a culture where it's just like, you just have the like one woman. It's like, yeah, like yeah. that's all you need to know that you're in Yemen. You're in Yemen. It's, well, I, don't, I, I freaking love that scene though. It's so it, good. Yeah. And uh, people, I think to an outsider, they might say like, after the third game isn't just like running around or shooting or jumping and climbing doesn't that get repetitive but i like how mm-hmm. they find a way to do something different with that formula and like the drug treatment ju- the drug tripping scene is one an example of that they do a slight change on like the car chase sequence but having you be on horseback like uh when, oh, yeah, you, meet, yeah. when you meet that random like like Sinbad looking motherfucker. Yeah. Forget his uh he, Salim. He, Salim. He decides to help for what reason? I he just like I, helps out. Yeah. And it's like, all right. Uh I guess like that guy's tribe or whatever was like doom. Like it's something to do with the ultimate, like, you know, the when they were trying the to water. get water. 
yeah the water or whatever which uh, has like some poisonous or some uh well isn't that toxic thing Correct me if I'm wrong. Uncharted three, the little details are a little more foggy for me. But yeah, the drug that Talbot uses is based off that water. I can't remember though. Yeah, I think it's the water is has some like intense hallucinogenic properties, and uh, Marlo, the evil villain in this game, her goal is to like, or she's part of this long order of. Uh, bad people that they want to like terrorize people or like instill fear in like society and so like this they want to like extract this chemical from the water and like spread it out and she's trying to be the the riddler from batman or not the scarecrow 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 literally yeah that's it uh, it (laughs) scarecrow as like a helen mirren yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's like this like this like old bag of a woman in her like all black like coat and i i love that like because obviously they couldn't have her do like a gunfight against drake so she just like meets like a classic like indiana jones villain type end where she just gets swallowed up in the sand like it's 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 great and mind you also that final location in in the desert like with that giant sandstorm that like hides this like ornate beautiful city like it when when uncharted reveals its lost cities oh boy is it like a spectacle to like eat up like shambhala was like that yeah and, and uh what is it called what's the the rubicol or no that's the desert oh my god what's the city this, or can uncharted three yeah is it? It's not Atlantis. Oh, it? Ubar. Oh, Ubar. <laughs> Which these like va- these these Middle Eastern Gorgeous. sounding. Yeah, it. Yeah, but Uncharted. Like, I love how like there's so many like little parts that they able to like remix on the stuff. Like again, like the horseback. But then there's like, oh yeah, what's another way we can do a chase scene? I know, run away from a killer swarm of spiders which oh, that terrified me those like, spider scenes are fucking nuts yeah which, like i hate huge spiders. spiders crawling and especially that one moment where i'm like i feel like big guys like us tend to be claustrophobic but like going through that like tight spot in the cave and then these giant spiders start crawling over you is fucking it's, oh yeah no so gross but like the I don't like spiders too in general, so I was just like, "Get me, get me the fuck out of here!" <laughs> like, yeah, I, yeah, but that's like another sort of spin on just like classic sort of gameplay moments you get in an Uncharted game, and I like how even with a, the third game, like they're still coming up with new ideas, even if maybe it doesn't fully connect to what's happening. Like, I there's still room and room to continue mixing up the formula and yeah. uh I'm trying to think of there's i mean like there's the chateau burning down there's the that nighttime raid in syria i believe like yeah. with that that handsome uh bloke cutter uh yeah 
uh even the just... opening the opening scene with the british gangsters at the, the bar <laughs> yeah. it's fun and you have this like big guy you have like a brawl with him in the in the bathroom and he's like slamming your head in the toilet oh yeah that's a great <laughs> scene like, yeah it's like I, it's a great opener because it's like yeah. oh yeah we see drake kind of put in a unique perilous like the first game you have the we're on the boat and like you're surrounded yeah. by pirates the second game you're hanging from a mountain cliff in a train the third game it's like oh yeah drake's got his face in a toilet like <laughs> it's it's a nice again remixing an old idea of starting your game off on a strong note and yeah i mean i know oh, when they get they oh, get shot you think they die because there's that whole twist there's a lot of twists in uncharted 3 oh yeah but, uh, drake and sully get shot by cutter and, yeah, they, uh, then it goes that was like the flashback to teenage Drake, and you're like, oh no. And then yeah, you find like, out that they were wearing like bullet vests. Yeah. yeah, like which is again also kind of a spin off Uncharted One where you think Sully dies, but the the journal protects him somehow. Uh and in Uncharted 3 2, Sully gets shot at the end, and you think he fully dies. Yeah, it, Turns out it was just all like a trip. Yeah, it was a Uncharted trip. 3, I mean, yeah. Yeah, like which yeah, I think Uncharted Three is feels like kind of more of a direct sequel to one than two in a weird way because it's like it equally gives time to Sully and Elena as like sort of your side stories to the main main adventure, which feels very much like Uncharted One. So I I liked how Three kind of feels like a slight moving of the pieces from one and oh what there's i'm trying to like go through my rolodex of moments in this game i mean i mean we talked about the the plane which is like freaking amazing, amazing. i the posted boat, which i is... post i posted the plane sequence i'm like and then also like after the plane sequence you like are roaming the dunes and like oh and it felt like journey to me yeah <laughs> it felt like i was playing journey again because it's literally like a freaking 20 30 minute sequence of we him just, just like walking endlessly in the desert and you can't like run or do anything yeah like you're like is drake gonna die here yeah like it normally i'm not much of a sand person but uncharted 3 does make the desert look beautiful like <laughs> like I, I I love me I love snowy mountains I love jungles but yeah. the desert has never clicked with me for locations but <laughs> Uncharted Three is one of those few exceptions where the desert is cool to me I guess yeah um also to touch on this multiplayer because this was again included can't play it on the PS3 anymore sadly and it's not in the PS4 version multiplayer is better than two they added some bells and whistles um. They definitely were following the trends. Um, but I will give this little bit of lore info on me. Uncharted 3 multiplayer let you saved clips of multiplayer matches. And you could edit them and publish them to YouTube. I have a YouTube channel with these videos. They are still up. And they have some cringy fucking names. Because <laughs> that... This is what happens when you have a 16-year-old make YouTube videos. <laughs> so there's on a YouTube channel floating out, like has my, like me making little like Uncharted 3 machinima clips 
like from my gameplay footages like so that's a little lore dump for the listeners at home uh, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to find it uh, i've clues. showed i know where they are <laughs> i know where they are i can access the channel in fact a, a certain someone named zach langley chichi has seen them <laughs> uh maybe i'll show it to that select bitch. people <laughs> yeah that, that exclusive access of yeah but people will have to dm you for uh, the link. <laughs> <laughs> i'll i'll pick the best one because it'll make me look like a cool gamer <laughs> <laughs> but man some of those titles were fucking cringy i can't believe i thought those were funny titles kill me Oh, what... some of the stuff I did like I found I plugged in my old Xbox original and that that screen with all the I avatars would, like, burn. Well, I would no, I would burn like CD discs, oh. and you're you're able to like create your own like album basically with like and title it whatever. It was like so cringy. I was titling it like stupid shit. Well, this is what happens when you know us like the millennial generation when or i guess the back half of the millennials where it's like oh yeah we we got the access to creation tools and at a young age so it's like our younger selves were making these so it's like of course we're gonna like look back and like like was i autistic or something like (laughs) like i i said this like there's a tumblr post that i made that has like five hundred thousand notes like and i saw it on i saw it on my twitter feed one time i was like i'm been, i'm i'm being shown my past and i hate it oh God. Yeah. So i hate being reminded of when i was a dumb teenager on the internet i mean that can still happen with like twitter like, no, yeah it I does see, like people like <laughs> posting screenshots of tweets from like 2017 or something and i'm like fuck i mean i i i don't understand viral nature at all i don't know what makes people think it's funny or worth sharing like i but yeah i i would say yeah uncharted 3 multiplayer it was pretty fun like i remember putting way more hours into it than two uh they had some really bold ideas that they couldn't get to work because they were way too ambitious like they had a multiplayer map where they, their idea was is that multiplayer maps had different segments. So they had a map in the, you know, like the the airport that leads into the plane segment in the single player. Yeah. So in the multiplayer mode, you would start off where one team was on trucks and the other team was in a cargo plane and you're chasing after them. And so after a certain amount of time, the game would then transition to the traditional map. Mm-hmm. But they they couldn't get... The, and like there was the Chateau level in the game where at a random point, the, the Chateau would go up in flames. Like, so it was really ambitious for the time, yeah. but I think they just couldn't do it. They didn't have the resources to make it work because it was just super laggy. Yeah. So unfortunately, but it was cool. Like, my subway code went a great way to be a beta <laughs> tester. Um, it was it was way more like trying to copy Call of Duty, I guess you could say, where yeah. it's like, oh yeah, you have kill streaks now. Yeah, like yeah. if I get five kills in a row, I get a rocket launcher. Or look, 
It's the uh, it's that last scene uh, with Elena and Sully. Or, uh, uh, my Elena favorite scene. <laughs> it's, it's so it's such a cute little scene. I is love that some... Uncharted one. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So Sully, the cigar chomping guy, with his with his assault rifle. Great image, yeah. and he rev- you know he's, he's got the treasure, which <laughs> makes me wonder what they did with that treasure in the end of one. Like that's a oh, lot yeah. of gold. Yeah, <laughs> like it, it, if I were Elena, I would never work a single day in my life with all that gold. But she's passionate about. Yeah, her she's career. passionate about journalism. <laughs> listen, she's the only. Listen, if she had a blue check mark, I'd be like, "You're the only one I like," because yeah. she's honest. Elena is such a journalist name too. I can see it. <laughs> Elena Fisher. Yeah, but I love. I can't hate her. Uh. Side note, no, I do I do I like, like how Chloe gets her to relegated to like only appearing in like one level. Like uh she gets downgraded pretty hard in three. Uh, was she even in I don't remember what she was in the, she was in the Syria level. Uh oh that's right, that's right. Uh affectionately I called her back in the day. Because for whatever reason, the the character models in three look kind of weird at times. Yeah. Like Elena kind of looks Asian at times. Yeah, uh, she but does. Like, back in the day, Chloe's hair looked really strange, so I always called her Mushroom Head. <laughs> like, and I, I forget if the PS4 version fixed that or not, but yeah, Chloe looks like a mushroom in this one. She still looks great, mind you, but her hair. Rick? Yeah, her... It kind of looks like Joel sometimes from a uh, little Last bit. Of Us. In this in Uncharted 3, and there's some there's some interiors of mm. these like houses that are like moldy and stuff that kind of look like Last of Us. So yeah, it's interesting because could... they were made in the same time. Yeah, they were being Uncharted 3 started development before, but I wouldn't be surprised if like the assets they made from three went to the last of us sort of because yeah. that's ha- that happens in game development. You yeah. make one game and then you have now assets to use later on. So yeah. I, the overgrowth in like the chateau area, I wouldn't be surprised if it was like carried over to the last of us. Um, but yeah, I I think you and I have exhausted the Uncharted trilogy. I mean I think so. this this is a series <laughs> this is a series that I will always hold close to my heart like it is such a special series of games to me no matter what anyone says like I know some people have some passionate opinions back in the day and still do about this franchise but it's like the it's it's like the baby you can't hate like you know it's your it's your you know it's Amy it's like Amy Heading and her baby like yeah this it's my baby as a result I was you know I was a teenager and you know these three games were such a very prominent part of my life growing up and the fact that I'm able to literally recall at random like so much from these games from memory without even having necessarily to play them like speaks volumes to just the lasting impact for me personally they have a special place in my heart too because i uh again like these were one one of the handful of games i played in high school i would uh i remember getting the playstation being so excited to play uncharted 2 Mm -hmm. and it exceeded my expectations and obviously, now that we've covered them in this episode, and I just replayed them all, 
they're even more special because I'm like, I just had this oh. cool experience with them. Yeah, so, no. yeah. Everyone get the Nathan Drake collection for PS4. If you have a PS5, you can play it on that too. You basically get all three games for like and they all look even better. Bucks? Yeah, 20 bucks. Like, yeah, 20 bucks is so cheap. Yeah, 20 bucks so and it. they all look better. They they made they like spruced up the visuals. Like it's a great package and that's honestly the best way to play these games. Um but yeah, no, I've I love these games very dearly and everyone should give them a chance. So with that though, I have to thank you, Jocko, for a incredible time once again. This is such a such a delight. I had so much fun tonight. Thanks so much for having me. I had so much fun oh. chatting with you and also playing <laughs> these games. Genuinely were like the highlight of my week. Like I would oh. be like, I can't wait to just get back home and play this game. <laughs> <laughs> They're so fun. Yeah. They're I like, mean I was like playing with like a smile on my face throughout. I was like, this is just like yeah. entertain pure entertainment. There's nothing wrong with some fun. I mean <laughs> Who doesn't love just like pure simple fun at the end of the day? Yeah, exactly. Sometimes I want to be tortured. Sometimes <laughs> I want to be, I want to have fun. And this was, uh, it came at the perfect time. Listen, so. So, sometimes we want to bite the, uh, bite the fingers off of the girl who killed our adoptive dad. But sometimes you, <laughs> you just want to save the world. Exactly. And exactly. So, so I think with that, we will stop. Yeah.